Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We are talking um, awards. We're going to do a midweek show. It's the bye week. Uh, We're officially in. We've played 10 games. Uh, It's a pretty good sample size now. We're just over the halfway point in the season, so it's time to hand out some hardware. And... um, It'll be yeah. a fun show. It'll just be a fun show. It will be a fun show. Um, I'm honestly like going through this. It it was there wasn't a lot of like really difficult decisions, um, but there were a couple where it's like I, this could really go in multiple directions. Um, yeah, and, I found and, out that that be the case as well. So yeah, and it was a very positive thing. Like this team is better than. Um, I mean, it's better than anyone ever thought they would be. And it's been kind of a fun season. So, yeah, let's go through and and um, hand out some hardware. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, we decided uh, before we did this show that this would kind of be the positive show. And we were going to do another one in a few days that leaned more towards what can we work on, what needs improvement, which players need to kind of step up in order for us to get into the playoffs and maybe win a game or two. And so we'll reserve our kind of work on segment for for that show. And this is mostly 100% positive, I think, as as far as um, shows will will go. Of course, we're Mm kind of lean that way anyway. But so uh, the way that we'll do this is we've just got some categories. We'll kind of go through them as um, as we do. Keith brought his list in. I've brought mine in. We'll see where we compare and and contrast and um, we'll just get started. So. Uh, the first category is best non-starting player on offense. Uh, as you can see right away, we just made these things up, uh, but it's kind of a fun talking point. So best non-starting player on offense. Uh, did you bring in a little list or do you just have one single player? I just have one single player. This one, this was one of the harder ones um, simply because I'm like, okay, anyone that wasn't starting early and it's played really well is starting now. Um, and so, yeah, this, this was a more difficult category for me on offense. Um, but I went, um, yeah, I went and now I can't even read my own handwriting. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I'll, um, I'll start, you know, cause I, I'll start. I went with a list. Um, approach because I had I wanted to to show contenders. Well, we I wanted to show contenders, and then I wanted to show you know who I chose. <laughs> so for me, um, and I may have cheated, and you can tell me if I if I did because that's what you do. Yes. Um, <laughs> I put uh, Travis Homer on there. I put Marquise Goodwin on there. I put um, Colby Parkinson on there, and Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes. That's what my writing was that I was uh, looking for. Okay. <laughs> so you so you went with Phil Haynes. Tell me why. 
Um, because he has come in, played both guard spots, has been, um, he's been just as good as the two people above him to the point where uh, even when everybody's healthy, he's still getting snaps and he, they, he just can't, they can't keep him off the field. He's been good enough to, to, to get that. And it, it just makes sense for me in a group where, you know, a lot of these guys like um, Homer has only played the last three games. He was hurt before that. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So it, it, that I didn't feel like there was this huge list of of contenders, except for Phil Haynes, who's played significant uh, snaps in almost every game this year. Yeah. Well, I I kind of knew that you would be leaning offensive lineman in this category. Um, mm-hmm. Now, and and Phil Haynes makes sense. I mean, he splits times uh, time with Gabe Jackson. Gabe gets slightly more uh, than half the snaps, at least the last three or four weeks uh, overall. Uh, Haynes has a 67.1 pro football focus grade with a 70.9 uh, pass block grade. And Gabe Jackson is lower across the board than those um, those grades and I think does a better job for the, the Seahawks. And quite frankly, I think Seattle chooses to move on from Gabe Jackson or, or really lowers his salary next year. And Haynes they re-sign him and, and he comes back and kind of takes over that right spot unless they upgrade in the draft, which is entirely possible. Um, I thought Kobe Parkinson was a good uh, choice in this um, category as well in that um, he's the third tight end, which makes him the non-starter. He's got 13 receptions, 172 yards, and a touchdown, clearly an upgrade from his previous seasons. So I thought he should be on the list. And then our, my choice was Marquise Goodwin. Now you can say, well, he's a third receiver. He, he's a quote unquote starter, but you know, really that's, you know, he's, he's the third wide receiver. So he's not technically the starter, 16 receptions, 217 yards, three touchdowns. A couple of those have been spectacular catches. Um, probably the best third wide receiver option Seattle's had since Tyler Lockett was the third wide receiver clear back in 2017 when Doug Baldwin and Paul Richardson were around. Um, that year, uh, Lockett had 45 receptions, 555 yards, and a couple touchdowns. And so Marquise Goodwin, with seven games to go, really has a chance here to kind of have an impact on the team. I I would think, based on those stats, too, that his usage um, could possibly go up, too. So that's my uh, non-starting player on offense so far. Yeah, he made sense. I had, a, like, because teams play the nickel so much, or not a nickel, they, they play three wide receivers, um, so much because most teams don't have, you know, the trio of tight ends that mm-hmm. um, Seattle does that I don't consider the third wide receiver a non-starter. Um, and, also, and he does I average have, about 60, 60% of the snaps per game. So yeah. whereas Tyler Lockett and Metcalf are playing about 98% of the snaps or 95%, that's, that's my it, criteria. Yeah, it would be more except for that both of them have, have missed time because of injury. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, Goodwin is a good name to have in there. When uh, DK Metcalf went out, we thought he was going to be out with an, uh, a knee injury. It was uh, Marquise Goodwin who stepped up and filled that role and provided, you know, some uh, balance so that the teams couldn't just, you know, double and triple team Tyler Lockett the whole time. And now a word from our sponsor. DraftKings. 
Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So we switched to the defense. Best starting player, uh, non-starter on defense. Um, I went with um, with uh, Kobe Bryant, um, and then I thought, wait, nice. He's he's the nickel. Does that count? Because the, for the same reason why I didn't it's want the to, same in, reason, right? Same reason I didn't want to include Goodwin. I'm like, maybe I can't pick him. Um, and so then I changed my mind and said, Boye Mafe. Nice. Two rookies. Two rookies. Yeah, which that's great. Is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, Mafe has a 64.2 pro football focus grade against the run, 18 solo tackles, really come on, pressuring the quarterback, making him impact as a rookie. Kobe Bryant as well, four forced fumbles or five or whatever it is, a couple interceptions that didn't count that got called back because of penalties on other players. Um, so he's definitely on there. I actually put Bruce Irvin. Bruce is a 75.5% uh, pass or uh run defense grade and has just really kind of stepped in and made a, a, an impact right away. Now he might technically get starter minutes there. Um, so, but he's a rotation guy. So I just, he is. Him, I kind of put um, him in there. Yeah. And then <coughs> as I thought about uh, him, he also joined this, the team uh, kind of late in this process and was one of the, one of the keys to this team turning things around and, and on defense because of his ability to set the edge and do um, good things in the run game, it just sort of freed stuff up and allowed other guys to concentrate on their own job. And so, yeah, he's been a, been a great addition. Yeah. So Yeah. Fun list. All right, let's move on. Um, next category is best off season addition. Um, so the thing about this is, is it is this free agency or is it the draft? Is it both? I, um, I excluded the draft um, in my list. Okay. Cause I, 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 at some point I had to, to make a decision and I said, I wasn't going to include the draft picks because we have rookie categories. Yes. Um, and so for this one, it was new. outside linebacker uh, pass rusher, the best pass rusher on this team. Yeah. Yep, I'm the same boat. I've got 13 combined tackles, two forced fumbles, seven sacks, 35 pressures, eight quarterback hits. Uchenna Nawasu really made a huge impact. Also in my kind of short list is Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant, and um, Shelby Harris. So um, next category, special teams standout player. 
So there's for me, a, this was a no brainer. Really? Yeah. Um, cause there, I thought you could, we could go a couple different direct directions on this. Yeah. Um, but I obviously went with, um, uh, Jason Myers. Yeah. Who me too. he's missed, he's missed one kick this year. Right. That's it. Yeah. He's um, basically the third or fourth best, uh, kicker in the NFL. Any yeah. way you measure it this year so far. He's been absolutely automatic and had hit some really long ones to, to help the team out. Like, um, I felt that that was almost too easy to pick the kicker yeah. um, because when you said special teams stand out, I was thinking like, Oh, special teams. And then honestly, I mean, Nick Ballor is the captain and, yeah. and does a lot of good things there, but Joey Blount, Joey has, Blount was on my list um, has been a guy that is down there making plays, um, especially on punt coverage. He's the first guy down the field. A lot of times has played, um, you know, really, really good on coverage teams. Had so, a fumble recovery. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So did DJ Dallas had a, had one too. He's yeah. actually, he didn't get to play special teams for a while because he was the backup running back, but now he's back in that role and you can tell he he's back to doing good things. Now, if you take a couple of mistakes away from Michael Dixon, the, the, the block punt and the election to run the ball inexplicably on, on that one play um, when it was like fourth and nine in Seattle's territory, uh, he's done uh, really well as well. He's the top in in the top five conversation for punters across the league. So I thought I'd just mention him. Mm-hmm. Both okay. in, in in net and um, gross average, uh, he's yeah he's in like the top three for both of them, and so definitely someone that you'd consider. But yeah, impa- whoever impacts. I mean, Michael Dixon does impact the game. I mean, he's just it's just one of those things where punters you just don't want to think about him too much because you don't want your team to punt a heck of a lot but when he does and he flips the field mm-hmm. um that's a really important thing and seattle really depends on that as well um okay this is a fun category for me because i have a lot of different players that i thought could kind of be in this list is most improved player uh on the team so far through 10 games um and i'll tell you just who was under my list and maybe we have the same kind of ideas I had Will Disley, I had Colby Parkinson, I had Phil Haynes, Uchenna Nuwasu, Ryan Neal, and Michael Jackson were all players that I thought could be considered for this. Which way did you go? Um, there's one player you missed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Geno Smith. Ah. As the most improved player. He was gone from journeyman backup to, uh, you know, top five in the NFL. How do you, do you get a bigger swing than that. That's true. Um, I kind of wanted, I, I made this conscious decision to not give everything uh, move away from the obvious. I did. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I like, he's the obvious one. So the person that I had written down was Michael Jackson. Um, wow. Because he was an, a roster afterthought. I got a practice squad guy who played well in camp kind of, pushed things ended up starting because of a bunch of injuries um, to the guys above him and has never let go of that spot to the point where they cut Sidney Jones um, in order to, you know, keep uh, Michael Jackson in there. He's just been, Mm -hmm. um, he's been such a nice and unexpected addition. Yeah. Going from really not playing play appearing in three games last year to starting and then playing to where you don't even know if like Trey Brown can, 
unseat him in that mm-hmm. starting spot. And we just cut um, a player, uh, you know, in Jones that had, um, you know, extensive experience and, and played really well last year was our best corner. And, yeah. um, and Artie Burns can't see the field. Um, Mike Jackson's been playing that well. That's a good choice. The reason I put Will Disley on there is just he's he's on target so far. He's got 28 targets, 26 receptions, a couple three touchdowns, um, some nice yardage. If he doubles those totals by the end of the year, that would be a great season for him. Kobe Parkinson comes out of nowhere, you know, touches the ball a few times last year. This time, 15 target, 13 receptions, a touchdown, 7.8 yards after the catch. Kobe Parkinson's really been playing well. Um, Ryan Neal. I mean, has anybody on the team been uh, improved more than Ryan Neal. Now, Ryan Neal started as a good player, but he's got 33 combined tackles, two forced fumbles, a sack, an interception. Um, he's just been playing really well. He has been playing really well, but I'd push back on that because he played really well last year when he got called in, into play, and he played really yeah. well the year before when he got called into play. He should have yeah, been. But it, you can still play really well and then just completely exceed those even those expectations and i can think that's where he's at and the other player that's on my list that actually i got i got this award to was uchenna nawasu didn't play for the seahawks but he played for the chargers last year he's literally matched or exceeded his 2021 season totals across the board that earned him a 12 million dollar a year salary he's already exceeded those and he's still got seven games to play sacks pressures tackles um you know, total snaps, uh, the whole thing is, you know, is amazing. He played really well last year, but this year, given the opportunity, he's exceeding every possible, um, expectation. And, um, that's, that's the guy I went with. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that, um, didn't see the field early last year, kind of worked his way into, um, you know, the job and performed when he got on the field for, uh, the Chargers and the Seahawks looked at him as a young guy with a ton of athleticism and production when given the opportunity. And they went out and signed him. And uh, yeah, it's been fa- he was my um, you know biggest acquisition of the yeah. team. Like he's been been great. So yeah, thir- I mean, thirty three tackles, two forced fumbles, seven sacks, thirty five pressures. I mean, the guy's just been all over the place. Okay. Um, Let's go with biggest surprises so far this year. And this is a wide open category. Could be player, could be coaches, scheme, whatever you want to put under that umbrella. Biggest surprises uh, of the year so far. Um, so okay. There's there we when you say it that way, like you're right. We can go this a lot of different ways. I've got actually got, got a few. I mean, we already mentioned Mike Jackson as a big surprise. Um, and I, I think you know, we can do that. I put Disley in this category because he Mm -hmm. has already hit his like career highs, Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of things. And we're halfway through the year. I mean, he's really just kind of broken out this year and become a great player. Um, but for me, the biggest surprise was the, um, how bad the defense was for Mm -hmm. the first four and a half games. And, how good it's been since then because yeah. this coaching staff is too dang smart to make 
too many, you know, bad choices. And they made a bunch of bad choices in yep. designing this defense and they had to go back and refigure it out. So it I was surprised at how bad it was. And then it was bad for long enough that I was really shocked when it turned around and became a good defense yep. again. Yep. It's on my list. I literally put defensive turnaround because um, they're eighth. Uh, the team is eighth overall, but the defense is 17th. It was 31st at one point. It dropped as low as 12 after this last game. It's up to 17th again. Um, but but that's on there. I also put the win total for so far is, is a surprise. <laughs> Six and four. It surpasses the line uh, in Vegas over under five and a half games. It surpasses our uh, both our predictions from our prediction show. Um, I put the two offensive line tackles uh, playing well so far, playing really well. Oh, playing um, really well. It's a little bit of a surprise. Um, Uchenna Nwasu, I think, is a, is a surprise. He's basically the best player on defense. Um, and I don't know that anybody really kind of predicted that. They thought he would be a solid player and so forth, but that's that's really standing out for me. And no, then no, my, pro bowler. my winner in this category is Tariq Woolen starting at a Pro oh, Bowl level, uh, fifth round pick, 153rd overall, pro football focus grade, a 70.1 overall, 32 tackles, 30 of them solo, five interceptions, 10 pass breakups, one block field goal. Guy's just done it all. He's literally top two or three uh, player on defense already. And, it's and he wasn't supposed to play 10 games this year. in. Yeah. He's coming out of University of Texas, San Antonio, UTSA. And it was supposed to be this massive project. You're going to give him a full year. He was going to make plays on special teams, but that was it. Um, no, he was having none of that. He earned a starting job in camp yeah, and has did. done nothing to make anybody doubt him since inserting himself into the starting lineup. He yeah. has been fantastic. There's not been a single whisper of him losing uh, snap counts or anything like that. He plays 100% oh, why would of snaps you? every he's, game. He's been excellent. Why would you, yeah. why would there, why would there be a whisper of that? Right. <laughs> I, I agree. It's, it's crazy. All right. Fun. We, uh, we, we also, neither of us guessed the, or said the obvious surprise. True. Which so is Geno Smith. The same thing we were going to say right. for most of these categories. And, is which Geno goes Smith. to show you just how really important Geno has been to this team. He and has been. to been a, and and to his own career and to the expectations, all that stuff is out the window. It's yep. it you know this this last game aside, you know he put up the stats, but he struggled in in a couple of different things and had a turnover that was costly in this last game. But nonetheless, he's been the most important player I think on the team as far as wins and losses are concerned, um, and. It, you can't discount that. There's just no way. I mean, that is a huge surprise. He wouldn't tell you it was a surprise, but it is a surprise to everyone else. Okay. Fun award here. It seems obvious to me, but let's see if it's just as obvious to you. Offensive rookie of the year. Oh, this isn't obvious because you've got three good choices and I know which one you're going with. So I'm going to pick, pick one of the other ones. I'm going to say Abe Lucas. Yeah. Um, The right tackle. He has been mm -hmm. really good. He's been dominant at times. Um, you know, when teams are getting pressure on uh, on Gino, it's almost never from the outside on, on around a Lucas's side. Um, it's usually up the middle. 
and he has just been great. And he was a guy that, you know, he's a third round pick. There was a reason why he was down that low in the draft, but he's been better than I think any other rookie offensive tackle, yeah, um, including his teammate, Charles Cross, taken ninth overall, and the two guys yeah. taken before Charles Cross um, yes. in the draft. So, yeah, he is my um, my offensive player or offensive that's, rookie. Yeah, no, that's a great choice. He's on my list. I've got three players on the list. There's three rookies, uh, Abe, Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, Ken Walker the third. The, the thing about this category is all three you could make a, an argument for in any season. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that these guys would be uh, available. And it just goes to show you how well the Seahawks drafted. The same thing on the defensive side. We'll get to that in a second. I put Ken Walker third on there, uh, probably for the obvious reasons. Anytime you, you have a player that's going to touch the ball and impact the game, um, you're going to have that guy be considered. And, and it's overwhelming to the point where you almost just have to kind of hand it to him 121 carries, 588 yards, seven touchdowns, 4.9 yards per uh, carry, 31 forced missed tackles, 3.13 yards after the catch, 17 explosive runs or 10 or more yards. Um, the guy's just, he's a rookie and and didn't really play very much in the first three games. Penny got hurt, the guy comes in, starts from their uh, their forward and so most of these stats are just the last seven games um which is remarkable and so i think it paints to a really good um future for that kid and for the seattle offense most of the stats are actually from six games because he did next to nothing this last week against tampa um because you know they just obliterated the interior of seattle's offensive line and it wasn't it wasn't pretty uh that's very and, true, and and they you know haven't made it really hard on him, but uh, yeah, the, that those stats really have come from six games, and if you think about those numbers in six games, those those are some tremendous numbers for such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Okay, uh, let's go to the other side. Defensive rookie of the year. So uh, this one, I mean, obviously there's three rookies that play considerable snaps. Um, you know, Bryant and Boye Mafe, we've already mentioned a little bit here. Uh, but if it's got to be Tariq Woolen, I mean, he's the starter. He plays more snaps than the other two. I think more snaps than the other two combined. Um, and he's doing it at a Pro Bowl level as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. The other two um, kids have been good too. I don't, not, don't take anything away from uh, how well, you know, Bryant has played. Um, he struggled a little bit the first couple of weeks, but then, you know, found his legs and has been, been great since then. Um, yeah. And Mafe, since, you know, having his role increased after like three weeks um, has done good things whenever yeah. he's on the field. So, and, and mostly he's been defending the run really well. In fact, his grade for defending the run is, is uh, much better than his pass rushing grade, which they really haven't turned him loose yet. Um so we'll we'll see how that progresses. But yeah, Tariq Woolen, obviously, you know, with the five interceptions, the ten pass breakups, the quarterback rating when thrown against, uh, you know, and and basically he's kind of shutting down one side of the field on most games. And um, he's he's just a great player, fun to watch. It's the obvious choice. I mean, it's nothing like you said, not taking away from Boye Mafe 
Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's had some um, some great plays, but he hasn't been as consistent as Tariq Woolen, and that's that's definitely the difference here, obviously. Okay, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Uh, best player on offense, Keith. Um, this one was hard for me because uh, you look at some of the stuff that you know Lockett and Metcalf have done. And obviously, you know, Gino, but we said we weren't going to consider him for this one. Um, and then, you know, both the rookie tackles could be uh, included in this. Ultimately, I came back to Ken Walker um, for this one because his ability to just grind out those yards. He, he's leading the NFL in fourth quarter um, rushing yards and fourth quarter rushing yards per attempt. And that's you know, the first one that leading the team, leading the league in fourth quarter rushing yards. Remember, he didn't play in three games um, at the start of the year because it was, you know, Penny's job. Uh, and so, yeah, he's been good and he's been good when it counts the most. And that's at the end of games when you've got the lead. Yeah, crazy. So I I disregarded the the rule, the the, the unsaid rule, the, the said rule or whatever. And I went with Geno Smith in this category. <laughs> Um, and the reason that I did is because he's earned it. He is, when you look at the, he's just the best player on the field. Some of some of those games, most of those games, DK Metcalf, I think is my second best. Ken Walker's third Tyler Lockett's right there. Obviously Tyler Lockett does more with less really. Um, DK Metcalf has 77 targets. Tyler Lockett is 67 targets, but out of those, uh, Lockett has 54 receptions. DK Metcalf has 48. Tyler Lockett has more yards and more touchdowns. Uh, but Geno Smith is is the head of the snake here. Uh, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, 72.8% completion percentage. She's also carries the ball really well. 45 carries so far, 218 yards uh, and a touchdown. 2,474 yards total if you extrapolate those totals. For the rest of the season, he's over 4,000 yards passing and um, and about 25 touchdowns and so forth. So uh, it'll be fun to watch him the rest of the year. But so far, he's my my best player on offense. Yeah, and I he is the obvious choice, um, except for that we said that he we could only choose Gino for two two categories. Right, <laughs> and, I, and I and I held true to that. Okay, in the end. Uh- <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's move over to the defense. Um, yeah, and um, the the defensive player. Um, this one, like, it, I went back and forth between Nuasu and, and Tariq Wallen, mm-hmm. and those two guys have been the two standouts. And it doesn't say that other guys haven't played well, but those two guys have been the standouts. They're the they're the Pro Bowlers on defense, and. Um, you could also go with uh, Jordan Brooks on that list too, who is already over a hundred tackles on the year. It's going to destroy his own record if he stays healthy. Um, but I ended up, um, I ended up just saying, you know, Tariq Woolen because you know the interceptions, his ability to uh, turn teams over. He's he shut down, you know, Sutton in the first game and and uh, really limited um Hopkins in there um you know it, it, the, he's just been a difference maker in every game he's been a guy that um okay the team the other opponent has a has a big weapon old stick woolen on him 
And that automatically neutralizes the weapon. And that is that is such a great asset to have. And he's a rookie, but he's my defensive player. Good choice. Solid choice, really. I mean, you you picked two rookies for best player on offense, best player on defense. Um, obviously, you know, discounting the, the, the Geno Smith um, rule that you have. But the, <laughs> <laughs> the Shelby Harris could be a candidate in this category. 26 tackles, two sacks, 20 pressures. He's available every game. Uh, mm-hmm. does a great job uh, in the middle. And then Jordan Brooks, I agree. He's on the list. But you take a closer look at his uh, play and some of the advanced stats while he's got the tackles, some of those missed tackles, being out of position and so forth, tell a, a larger tale there. I don't think he's having quite the season that um, that he should be having, I think. And then uh, Uchenna Nawasu, to me, is the winner in this category. For the same reasons you kind of talked about with uh, Tariq Wollin. Being a guy that makes a difference uh, every game, 33 tackles, two forced fumbles, seven sacks, 35 pressures. Here's a guy that uh, makes his presence known. Other teams need to scheme him. He still gets through. Uh, he makes a difference on third downs. Um, and I, I think that he's, uh, you know, he's really close to M- MVP level uh, on this team. Yeah, I mean... It- I said those two guys are are um, the two people I considered. You mentioned uh, Shelby Harris. He is kind of the forgotten man on on the defense. He actually has been extremely good, and he did miss one game, and it was clearly obvious when he was gone. Um, and they just the defensive line looked looked terrible that game. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, true. I mean he's a guy that that is playing really good football and. The defense would not be as good without him, but I still think that that Wollen and Nawasu make a bigger impact. Um, Agreed. So that's why I really thought that it was a two-person uh, choice, and I ended up going with Tariq. Most valuable player award for the first ten games of the 2022 season, Keith. There is one potential answer. I disagree. Really. I think that there's two potential answers. I think there's one potential answer. And it's Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Currently, currently we hold Denver's seventh overall pick. Yeah. um, No, (laughs) obviously it's not. um, But yeah, because without that trade, we don't have Boye Mafe. We don't have um, Charles Cross. We probably reach for an offensive tackle instead of waiting and getting Abe Lucas. Like the draft just does not fall to Seattle in the way that it did where they got six, essentially six starters um, out of the draft. That doesn't happen without the Russell Wilson trade. And as good as Gino's been, you replace those two rookie tackles with a couple of, you know, journeyman vets that get beat on the regular I'm sorry, Gino doesn't look as good. And, you know, Ken Walker doesn't look as good and all of that. So um, I said it jokingly, uh, you know, we could go with Russell Wilson, but honestly, there, there's a case to be made there. I No, I said Gino Smith is the MVP. Um, and how could you not? I mean, the, the guy is top five quarterback in the league, which nobody saw coming. Um, I don't think Pete Carroll in his wildest dreams thought Gino was going to perform at this high of a level consistently game in and game out 
Um, has he been perfect? No, but no quarterback has been. He, ha But he's outperformed not just expectations. He's outperformed other quarterbacks. He's like, literally changed our offensive, our philosophy as a team building structure. Yeah. Into the future. He's no like, longer just a placeholder waiting for yeah, next year's right. rookie. He's, right. he's the guy going forward after this season. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, most valuable player award. I went with, Uchenna Nwasu. Interesting. And I and I didn't do it because I wanted to limit Geno Smith mentions on the show. <laughs> I went with it because I I honestly believe Uchenna Nwasu is in equal footing in this category. <clears throat> I kind of knew you'd be leaning Geno Smith on this. <clears throat> and for obvious reasons, Geno's probably the more important player uh, to the team in this category and therefore gets weighted uh, on this on this list for sure, but uh, this defense would not be anywhere close to being having the turnaround that it had if Uchenna Nwasu isn't on the field and isn't making plays for the Seahawks. And without that turnaround, this team wouldn't be winning games because uh, even if we had a, a pretty decent offense with with the defense the way it was the first three weeks uh, coming out, there's no way that we'd be winning games at all. Um, and Uchenna Nwasu has been the best player on the defense um, other than Tariq Woolen, uh, driving that change. And, um, and he's my MVP. No, I, I respect that. Um, I just, for me, it was the guy who touches the ball on every offensive play mm -hmm. has the ability to make a bigger impact. And so, uh, and I think part of it is also just how much Gino has exceeded what, what anyone thought of him. Agreed. Um, and so that, that and, part and the reason <clears throat> the reason that I went with Uchenna Nwasu is because he just kept coming up in my in my yeah. own head when I was making this list. It was like it, it and his stats came up and his um you know he was uh, best uh, acquisition offseason acquisition he was defense you know best player on defense he was this and that and it was like I you know I couldn't stop talking about him and so when you have a player like that. That's that's got that much of an impression. Um, that that's who I went with. Yeah, makes sense. Fun list. Is there anything we left out? Um, no uh, negatives. I mean, no, we left the negatives this, out basically. Uh, um, um, best assistant coach. Wow. Who do you think? Well, I think that you'd have to go with Shane Waldron. I, you know, Sean Desai's on there. Carl Scott, uh, you could go with the quarterback's coach, uh, Canales, um, on the offensive side as well. You could go with the offensive line coach, Andy Dickerson. Um, those are all great coaches. Um, they're going to get future opportunities, I think. Um, that's how good they are. But um, <laughs> nobody really thought that the Seattle's offense was going to be able to play ball this year in any way, shape, or form. Last year was kind of a unknown. It was kind of messy. Um, and, and Russell Wilson, quite frankly, had a part in that. And when Russell's separated from the offense, Shane Waldron really takes ownership, gives it to Gino. Gino operates the system the way it's designed. And it makes Shane Waldron that much more important to this offense and the success of the overall team. I think it's Shane Waldron. 
Yeah. Um, Shane Waldron, uh, definitely, uh, in my mind gets it, uh, on the defensive side. I mean, the, the job they've done in figuring out how to take this defense that was terrible and make a couple of schematic tweaks mm-hmm. and turn it into something that's been absolutely great. Um, since then, like that's that, that's what good coordinators do. I would have liked to see them do it earlier. Like, you know, and, <laughs> and we're talking about Sean Desai and Carl Scott there. And you take a look at their integration of not only Kobe Bryant, but Tariq Woolen into mm-hmm. this situation, give him the skills and the, and the teaching on a weekly basis, bringing in a guy like, uh, Richard Sherman for, uh, to give him some advice and, and, uh, hands on it's, it's a, it's a great job. And you mentioned the turnaround. It's like, I was just so disappointed in the first three weeks. I was thinking new coaching staff. These guys are really smart, you know, and, and emphasis on smart. I mean, these guys literally are just smart and they couldn't figure it out. And I, and I was like, what is going on here? This is doesn't make any sense on paper. We've got the skill sets to be able to have a, a decent defense and it's not happening. What's going on? So I'm glad they did figure it out. Um, and, and I think that the addition of Bruce Irvin is kind of understated in that as well. And, uh, they just had a chance to integrate those rookies and, and, and play together. Uh, also Mike Jackson, you can't discount that either, that choice to put him in there. And, um, and allow him to develop too. And just having the patience um, to kind of see this thing through and not, I know they kind of went back to kind of a, a hybrid 4-3 thing and so forth, but nonetheless, they're kind of sticking with this thing and hopefully it pays dividends in, in not only this year, but year two, year three of this scheme. Yeah. I mean, it goes to show you that um, sometimes the general manager and the defensive coaches aren't, on the same page as far as the archetype they're looking for. And John Snyder kept bringing in Shelby Harris and, and Quentin Jefferson types um, because that's what the team needed using in the old system. And it didn't work with the new one. So they adjusted the new system and made it work uh, with the guys that they had. So um, that works out. Uh, one last question for you. If the Seahawks make the playoffs, does John Snyder win executive of the year? I think he should definitely be in the top two or three. There's no question. I mean, you take a look at uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. They've done a tremendous job, but <clears throat> they've also had high draft picks. They've also got another high draft pick next year as well that they acquired um, mm-hmm. to kind of keep this thing going. So that's definitely consideration for me. But has anybody done a better job this year, this offseason, than John Schneider, starting with the Russell Wilson trade and now in retrospect reviewing that trade? Uh, turns out it it was a home run. The NFL draft was a home run. Uh, acquiring of Chenna Nuwasu for really an inexpensive contract uh, yeah. was was a great move. Um, and then you you take a look at the way that the rookies have have played. It's just a, a stellar draft class um, with yeah, with a couple six, players that haven't yet six starters you know, even had an opportunity yet. So yeah, like Derek Young has been playing special teams. Um, so he's on the roster mm-hmm. and and having a chance. He, at some point he's gonna get a chance on the offense because yeah, he's been out back, there. He just hasn't had any opportunities. Yeah. But you go back to the preseason and he dropped a bunch of balls, which was why he, you know, didn't make the roster out of um camp. But 
Yep. He got open. He showed up on tape and and looked pretty good until the ball got to him. And the kid from um, Ohio State, the the pass rusher Tyreek Smith, who's been on injured reserve since yep. the first week of camp, he's got an opportunity as well next year. And then you take a look at the locked and loaded draft that we have. We've got Denver's first round pick, Denver's second round pick, adding to our own first and second plus uh, a third. I think there's two fourths as well. Uh, this team is ready to go again in the offseason. So whatever we do, whatever we can get with this current roster as far as we can go and then and then have this next draft plus $56 million in free agency, now that's going to come down a little bit, but you know we can kind of manipulate that. We've talked about that before. This team is as ready as any team in the NFL right now to take another leap after this season. I honestly would like agree. And I mean, they've just got to, they've got to do it right. They they're, they're poised to do it, but they've got to do it. Um, Cincinnati last year was a Super Bowl team with a ton of cap space and draft capital in front of them. And they should have taken this major step forward this year, Mm -hmm. but they didn't do it. They picked wrong. And as far as who, what guys to spend um, money on in the offensive line, they didn't draft as well. And they're not improved and they should have been much, much improved. So uh, it's, it's not easy. I mean, having no. six, your first six picks in the draft hit like every one of them is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and to be able to do that two years in a row, it's highly unlikely. Now, can we hope for three out of the first four picks? Those are high picks. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping that, that we can have some impact, but you know what? Our, our roster is is pretty good, pretty sound right now. Um, and with the, a few re-signings and so forth, we may not have opportunities for rookies to come in right away and play like we did this year. So it'll be interesting how they kind of balance depends that all on, out. Depends on the position because there are places where rookies could come in and compete and I start agree. right away next year. I agree. I think we, sh- we need to be taking a look at the, the interior offensive line. I think that we need to be taking a look at the interior of the defensive line and linebacker. I mean, investing in the trenches while we have high draft picks is, I think, really important. That third um, wide those, receiver spot. Yeah, those skill spots too. But <laughs> yeah, I yeah, keep right. Going. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, and, and, so there and a, and a quarterback to develop, and you know, on and on. I mean, there's really opportunities here. We don't know if Penny's coming back. We could probably use a, a nice second option at running back i don't know that dj dallas or travis homer is you know are the answer there um it'd be nice to have a really nice one-two punch um so we'll see uh, where we're at in the offseason with penny but um yeah get good roster i mean really every team has three or four spots that they could immediately upgrade um the the question is how does seattle do it where do they spend their money in free agency what do they prioritize and then how do they attack the draft i mean talk about fun it doesn't get any funner than that for you and i in the off season yeah that that i mean it is going to be fun this is going to be a fun off season it's been a fun season especially since we didn't expect it to be a fun season we expected this season to be long and kind of painful but it's been fun so let's keep it up yeah more of the same seahawks (laughs) all right next show we're going to take a look at the down list um which you know 
it, it's it'll end up being positive because that's who we are. We'll kind of turn this thing around. We'll say, what can we do mm-hmm. to improve what players need to step up the rest of the way? We've got seven games to go. Five of uh, those seven are at home. We've got an opportunity to get into the playoffs, but can we do anything uh, once we get there? We'll find out. All right, let's get out of here. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at uh, NWC Hawk. And you can find the show at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. Find us on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and uh, share it. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.